Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Did you know that the Seton Shrine has a prayer line? If you or someone you know has been feeling overwhelmed or just lonely lately, give us a call. We are here Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And we can be reached at 1-866-202-4934. And we would love to pray with you. Now here's Father Ted. Today we're celebrating this great solemnity of the Ascension. And it's a feast that sometimes we overlook. It is something that comes during the Easter season. And the solemnity of Easter is the mother of all the feasts of the entire year. And it's something that comes shortly before Pentecost, you know, the descent of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Holy Trinity. And there are some uh, places even that just move it to Sunday. So it seems as if, you know, it doesn't need to be exactly 40 days after Easter. It's a secondary feast. You know, important days like Christmas, you know, it doesn't matter when that falls, you go to church on Christmas. And so there is this kind of tendency to overlook the ascension. And when we talk about the feasts, and the mysteries of the life of Christ, we don't often talk about this one either. You know, we talk about his birth, we talk about his incarnation, we talk about his teachings, we talk about his miracles, we talk about his passion, death, and resurrection, but the ascension often gets left by the wayside. And that's a real shame, because this is an incredibly important feast for our Lord. For him, it marks the end of that time here on earth, except for extremely ex exceptional cases. This was the last time he was seen in bodily form while on earth. And he himself connected it to his paschal mystery. You know, it's not as if the paschal mystery was just the passion, death, and resurrection. The ascension is actually part of the paschal mystery as well. And our Lord implies this when he was talking to Mary Magdalene on Easter Sunday. She, she grabs hold of him at the tomb and he says, don't hold on to me. And why not? Because I have not yet ascended to the Father. There's still something that he has to do. There's still some part of his mission which has not been definitively fulfilled. And so the ascension is really the conclusion of the mission that the Father gave him to fulfill. So, it's an incredibly important feast. And along with that, it's also a joyous feast. The scriptural readings that we have reflect this, uh, especially the psalm that we sang today. Uh, in the psalm, we, it, it talked about clapping your hands, shouting to God with cries of gladness. It said that God mounts his throne amid shouts of joy. And we are to sing praise to God, sing praise, sing praise to our King, sing praise. And you don't really tend to sing praise if you are discouraged or saddened or grieving over somebody. The, in the Gospel of Luke, we read how after the ascension had occurred, the apostles, they, they made their way back to Jerusalem with great joy, magna gaudio. And this is something also that might be a little surprising to hear, because what we know what happened in this feast is that Jesus ascended. He left earth, in a sense. And so, when somebody leaves, you don't tend to rejoice unless it's like a really bad guest or an enemy of yours. Then you rejoice when they, when they leave you. So why would we rejoice over the ascension of our Lord? Why would we rejoice that he leaves us? 
And one of the answers that's typically given to that question is that, well, he didn't actually leave us. And this is, in a sense, true, where he continues to be with us. He himself said, I am with you until the end of the age. And he does this first and foremost, especially and above all in the Eucharist of his body, blood, soul, and divinity are present in every single one of these tabernacles, which is around the world now. So he's with us in the Eucharist. He's with us in the scriptures as well. He's with us in the, by means of the church. The church is the body of Christ. He's with us in our souls, inside of us, via grace. If we have been baptized and we have confessed any serious sins we've committed... And he's also present in our neighbor. You know, what you did to the least of your brothers, you did to me. So he does continue to be here. And in a sense, actually, it's even better that he ascended because if he had not ascended, he would only, only be present in one particular location. He'd only be here or there. You know, he was, when he was on earth, he was in Galilee or Samaria or Judea. He wasn't in all three at the same time. But now that he has ascended, he can be present in multiple locations in the same, at the same time in the same way. So that's one explanation that is sometimes given for the, the joy that ought to be ours on this Feast of the Ascension. But there are other two reasons that I find more convincing as to like why we ought to be celebrating over this feast. Why is this such a good thing that Christ has ascended? First of all, because it's good for Christ. Second of all, because it's good for us. First of all, it's good for Christ. We should rejoice because this is a great day for Jesus Christ. It's the definitive victory of Jesus Christ over the powers and principalities of this earth. It is the crowning achievement of his work, and he is now sitting enthroned above all the cosmos. It is the, divine, it is the glorification of Christ's humanity. When he rose from the dead... His body and his soul were greatly altered. They were glorified. They were changed. They were modified to be like the body and soul of a risen person. So he was glorified. And so it's fitting now that he have a abode, a dwelling place that corresponds to his own glorified state. And so to attain that, he needed to go to the heights of heaven, to the glory of the Father. And in this ascension, he sa it says in Scripture that he goes to sit at the right hand of the Father. And this is a place, um, the right hand, which is often used in Scriptures to convey a place of authority, a place of royal dignity and of honor. So he ascends to be our king. As we say in Psalm 47, he is truly our king the great king over all the earth, and he will rule forever from heaven and no power can overthrow him. So this is what happened to Christ the day of the ascension. This is the great and good things that he received the day he ascended into heaven. And we ought to rejoice on account of that. We ought to be happy for him. We ought to celebrate with him. You know, when something good happens to somebody we love, we rejoice with them. In fact, Jesus told the apostles at the Last Supper, if you love me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father. So we want to mourn with those who mourn, and we want to celebrate with those who are celebrating. So if a friend of ours has a parent who dies, 
We want to mourn with them, even if we never met that parent. We mourn with them because something bad has happened in their lives. And on the other hand, let's say a friend of ours gets a promotion. It doesn't affect us at all. You know, we're, we're not going to get promoted. We're not getting a bigger paycheck because our friend got a promotion. But we still want to rejoice with them. It's something good for them. Or if they win the lottery, the same thing. We want to celebrate with them. The people that don't do that, the people that are disgruntled, the people that are upset when something good happens to somebody else, you know, they're called killjoys. And we don't want to fall into that category. Our love for Christ should move us to celebrate because of the good which happened to him on the day of the ascension. But it's also a joyous feast because of the good things that we do, in fact, receive on account of his ascension. Again, at the Last Supper, our Lord told the apostles, it is good for you that I go. It is better for you that I go, in fact. And there are different reasons why this is the case. First of all, it's better for us that he has gone because we have, in a sense, ascended with Christ. He did not ascend by himself. Rather, he took us with him. With Christ, we penetrated into heaven. We have this union with Christ. We are members of his body. We are one with Christ. We are branches and he is the vine. And so if he, the head, has ascended into heaven, we, the members of his body, have in a sense also ascended into heaven. And so on this great feast, we remember that we are standing, in a way, in the presence of the Father. And also on that great feast is the day when Jesus, true God and true man, took our human nature up into heaven. So all of us have a human nature. All of us are members of the human race. Jesus Christ, too, has a human nature. The same human nature that all of us have. And he brought that with him into the presence of the Father. And so like Pope Leo the Great said, Christ's ascension is therefore also our own. We have already entered into the heights of heaven with Christ Jesus. So we should rejoice because we have also ascended in this day into heaven. And the other benefit that we get out of Christ's ascension is the fact that he's now interceding for us with the Father. He's not just sitting around in heaven waiting for the second coming. The book of Hebrews tells us that he is there in heaven and he lives eternally to make intercession for us, to intercede on our behalf. So in the Old Testament, the high priest would enter into the sanctuary, the tabernacle of the temple, once a year to intercede on behalf of all the people. Our great high priest, the high priest of the New Testament, the New Covenant, Jesus Christ, has entered into heaven the heavenly sanctuary, the heavenly tabernacle, and he is there in heaven making intercession for us continuously. So he's looking down on us, and he's helping us. If St. Therese of Lisieux could say, I will spend my time in heaven doing good on earth, how much more can that be said about our Savior, Jesus Christ? Now, what should we be doing differently on account of this ascension, on account of this great feast, on account of this joyous celebration? What should our, how should our behavior change? Well, first of all, 
we should be praying to him with that confidence that he is at the right hand of the Father, that he is there to intercede for us. He is the one who is above all creation, all angels, all heaven, all earth. He is God, King, Lord Almighty, King of kings, Lord of lords. And he's the one who is petitioning on our behalf. So we should have the confidence that he will give us absolutely anything that we need. And the more confidence we have when we lift up our prayers, the more we are able to receive. And the other thing perhaps that we could do on account of this ascension is really lift up our own minds to heaven. To really make ourselves go to heaven in spirit. To live there, to be present there with the Almighty, with Jesus Christ, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, with the saints, with the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yes, we are here physically here on earth, but this is just the terminal. This is just the elevator. This is just the waiting room. We were not meant to stay here. Let us begin to ascend now. We do not need to wait to the day of our death to ascend. We can begin to ascend in mind, in our prayers, in our thoughts, even now. Everything we do here on earth should be directed towards that heavenly abode. Everything depends upon that. We were created for a particular reason. The reason was to be with God in heaven. We don't need to wait until the day of our passing to start thinking about that. There is so much joy, so much happiness that comes from reflecting, from praying about, from meditating over this place that waits us. You know, sometimes we look forward to our vacations. I finally get off work. I finally get some time off. I finally get to take it easy. How much more should we be excited about thinking about that upcoming heavenly abode that Christ has gone before us to prepare for us? Let's ask the Blessed Virgin Mary the Queen of Heaven, that she might help us to rejoice in the glorification of her Son, and for that grace to really put Christ at the center of our hearts, to make him the treasure of our hearts, because where our treasure is, there also will our hearts be. And thus, we ask for that grace to enjoy with him forever the joys of heaven.